Right, welcome back to another episode of the Power Sports Memorabilia Show. I am your host, Matt Powers. Thank you again for joining me. Please visit the website, powersportsmemorabilia.com. Also, give me a follow over there on Instagram, at Powers Autographs. Well, I've been back in the card market here for about a year, and I have learned a lot. <laughs> it's been super fun, and uh, I've enjoyed the successes and also the all the failures. And the card market can be very, very confusing, especially for someone new. If you uh, feel like you're overwhelmed, you're not alone. And I've had a, you know, like I said, a ton of success, but I've also made a lot of mistakes. And that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today. I'm going to be giving you my top 10 mistakes that you want to avoid as a new sports card investor. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump on into this list with number one, not understanding all the different cards and sets before you start buying them. There are so many different cards that Panini and Tops and all these guys put out. It is absolutely overwhelming. I have no idea how many sets there are out there that you could possibly buy. It's got to be thousands. I wish I would have taken a little more time to understand which one were the more popular sets, which ones I should be focusing on, which ones were undervalued, which ones are overvalued. But to make it simple and just to kind of give you a real quick version of this, in basketball and football, Panini Prism is king. And that's kind of the most sought-after brand. Other popular sets in those uh, sports are Select, Optic, and Mosaic. And, of course, baseball has Tops and Bowman. And, there, of course, there are different uh, particular uh, sets within those um, those cards that you can check out there. But those are kind of the most popular ones that kind of stick with there and ones that I have found. But, again, do some research, take a little bit of time, understand which cards are the most popular in particular uh, brands. Uh, number two, not having a game plan. <laughs> I, I had no game plan when I started this. I was just wa seeing what other, other cards people were talking about. I was just buying those cards. And like, for example, Zion Williamson, 2019 Prism card number 248. That was the first card I started buying. I would just jump on eBay and I would look and I would see, okay, that card's fairly centered. I just buy it. Buy it for 200 bucks raw, I think it was, and I think PSA 10s are selling for, uh, and they've been, they've been about five to 700 all the way up to 1,000. So they've been, you know, a decent amount of money if you can get a PSA 10. But I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea if this was the best card. It actually, I ended up being lucky. It actually turned out to be a fairly decent uh, investment there. I wish I would have made a list of particular players and sets that I was going to be going off of and just followed that rather than just buying what some Instagram guy says or what some YouTube guy says, or if the player is hot and he scores 30 points, buying that card. I was just all over the place, and I had no consistent game plan to follow. So I would pick a couple of players you want to go after and particular cards that you want to go after and uh, have that be your game plan. But if your game plan is completely different, that's fine too, but just make sure that you have some sort of game plan. There is a uh, program out there called Market Movers from Sports uh, Card Investor. And this program essentially can give you data up until about the last 90 days on particular cards, what they've sold for. You can also search uh, which players in particular sports are popular, which uh, particular sets are popular as far as the amount of volumes and sales. So it is actually fairly useful in that aspect. Again, it's not the end-all be-all on whether you should buy a specific card, but it is some data that you can uh, factor in the equation on which cards that you do want to buy. So definitely would recommend their program. It's like uh, 49 bucks a month or so, and you get access to all this data, which they pull from eBay. Uh, number three is buying boxes and not individual cards. Oh boy. So... <laughs> 
Boxes are super fun to open. Don't get me wrong. I love opening. When I get a new box of something in that hasn't been opened yet, oh my gosh, it's like Christmas, right? Because you're thinking, wow, what am I going to get? Am I going to get a big card, you know? And yes, I have had cards that I pulled and my, my eight-year-old has pulled that have been, you know, fantastic cards and boxes that we've absolutely crushed, right? And she's she's done really well with it. Super fun opening up boxes with her. But there's also been boxes that have been average and there's boxes that have been uh, duds to say the least. You know, when you open these boxes up, you get, you know, obviously random cards. You don't know what you're getting. Uh, some boxes are going to be great and others, like I said, are going to be duds. Plus, you get all these extra cards and you're just kind of not sure what to do with. You know, do I get these cards graded? Do I sell them as is? I mean, these are cards that you typically wouldn't have gone out and purchased. So you just got a plethora of extra stuff that you're just like not really sure what to do. Do I get them graded? Are these going to sell? I mean, who is this player? So it kind of gets a little confusing there. You got so many extra cards, you're just not sure what to do with. Uh, you know, when buying individual cards of specific players and you go after any, I think you maximize your financial uh, resources by doing that, going after the individual cards of specific players that you are looking for. Let's say you buy the 2020 Football Panini Prism Hobby Box, right? You get, what is it, 144 cards? It's $1,050 or whatever it is, somewhere around there. You're going to get a bunch of players that you don't want. But let's say Justin Herbert's your guy. You know, and you want to go out and buy his uh, Prism football card. And they're right at about $130, $150. I mean, you can buy six of them right now. If you do your research on it, make sure they're centered, make sure they don't have any issues. You can buy six of those for that same exact price. Maybe you get three PSA 10s out of there. You know, those are going to be selling for 500 bucks at least. I mean, I think you have more of a, you know, a, a you know shotgun approach to that as opposed to just a machine gun where you're just spraying around hoping you get a bunch. That's the hobby box way. I like the individual approach of just going after the individual uh, cards. Also, when you do a, a submission as well, when you're buying individual cards, you get that submission back. You feel pretty good about that one knowing that, hey, these are cards that I went after, I looked after, I sought after on. These are the ones I want to get graded, and those are the ones I sent in as opposed to just sending in all these cards just because you open this box up and you're like, well, I might as well get them graded now. And number four is overpaying for ungraded cards. Oh, boy. <laughs> This one I made a ton of mistakes on, specifically on the LeBron James rookie card number 221. I overpaid like those were running out of style for raw cards. I, I would look at them and they would look perfectly centered. The corners would look great. But you know getting a PSA 10 on that card is, is rather difficult. And boy, did I get hammered. I never got a PSA 10 on any of those. In fact, I was, I was getting, I got a couple nines. I got lucky there, mostly eights. And I think I got a six on those, on the ones that I was buying. I way overpaid on them. I assumed that the price of a PSA 9 was going to increase along uh, with that PSA 10. And it just kind of quite hasn't happened there. So I got absolutely hammered and obliterated on that one. So I always assume that I'm probably going to be getting a PSA 9 on a, on a card. Okay, I've done my research on it. The card looks great. You know, if I get a PSA 9, hey, maybe I can make break even, maybe make a little bit of money there. If I get a 10, great, you know, but I don't want to be losing money on buying raw cards and getting them graded. That's the last thing we want to do there. Number five is buying color parallels of players uh, not in their team colors. Panini will come out with, obviously, their base card, and then they will come out with a color parallel of that exact same card. The uh, border of the card will be different, or the background of the color uh, card will be different. And it'll be, uh, you know, different colors depending on uh, what set it is. So you can have like a green prism, you can have a red prism, you can have a blue prism, orange prism, etc. But I was just buying 
color parallels of really any color of any particular player. What I would suggest doing, and these are the ones that are the most valuable and that I come to find out later, of course, is the color parallel that matches the team color. So if you are buying a Trey Young, buying a red prism makes sense because the Atlanta Hawks have red team colors. Those hold the most value. So those are the ones that I would stick with when you're buying color parallels. Not to say the other ones don't sell, they do, but if you're looking to maximize your dollars, I would stick with the team colors of that particular player. Number six, and this is a big one here, getting caught up in the hype. You know, it, it's it's so easy to do. It, it's just so easy because you you don't want to miss out on the boat, right? You think you're missing out. You, know, you hear all these guys buying. Oh, LeBron James talks about Taylor Horton Tucker, saying he was a great player. Boom, everybody's buying this guy. And it's just, I, you don't want to feel like you're missing out. I, I never bought any of that guy's cards, thank gosh. But, you know, you don't want to buy into the hype because your favorite Instagram guy or your favorite YouTube guy says to buy this particular card. Um, you know, especially with current players, because one big game can kind of send their cards up and then let's say they get hurt or they have five or six bad games and then all of a sudden their pricing comes crashing back down there. And this goes back to having a game plan and following that. Buy particular players that you like for your either your collection or you're buying them as an investment, whatever it is, but particular players that you are going after. So you're maximizing your financial resources, not wasting them on all these Taylor Horton Tucker guys that may pay off. Great. If they do, hey, props to people. They took the risk and they get the payoff. But I would like to have more of a specific approach to players that I think are going to be going up in value and really limit that scope rather than having a whole bunch of guys that uh, I'm going after. And again, always do your own research and make decisions off of you know data, what feels best for you, um, what's best for your collection, best for your financial resources, and et cetera, and stick to your gut, follow your game plan. Number seven, this goes to the equipment for getting stuff graded is I didn't have a magnifying light when I was uh, first sending in uh, cards to get graded. Okay, you got to have a magnifying light. What is this thing? You can put your cards underneath it here and it, it, it magnifies the card so you can see the print lines and scratches that you may not be able to see with the naked eye. Kind of helps look at corners a little closer too. This has been a game changer. I just uh, got the report back from one PSA submission I just made, 21-21 on PSA 10s. And I've never done that before. And not to say that it's all the light, you know, yeah, but it's a big, big help there. You know, you can reject some cards that maybe you're going to miss out with on the, on the, uh, your naked eye there, especially on print lines. They're like 30 bucks, super cheap. I definitely would suggest, uh, buying one of those, a great investment on a side note. When you start, uh, getting really deep into the hobby, having a nice scanner is really nice. Uh, that way you, when you scan your cards and you're selling them that, you know, you've got a nice image on there. You can clearly see the label. It looks sharp. Uh, that's a, you know, a couple hundred dollar investment there, but that's something you can do down the road. And number eight here is not using a PSA submission group that has an online database. When I first started submitting cards to PSA, typically how you do it is you go through a PSA submission group. Okay. So there's a guy or a team that runs that group and they submit the cards to PSA on your behalf. Uh, that way you get better pricing. You get, uh, you know, someone you can talk to directly about, Hey, where's the cards at and whatnot. But I was just using somebody that I, I never met and um, didn't have an online database. I mean, I couldn't track exactly what step the cards were in at PSA. Did PSA receive them, whatnot? So you had to constantly follow up with people like, hey, where are we at with these cards? Where are we at with these cards? And it's just, it's just a big waste of time. So the company I use now is uh, GemMint.com. Uh, they have an online database where I can see exactly what step 
of the process and the grading my cards are in. You get an, a report sent back to you right away as soon as you pay for your grading. It says, hey, here's all the grades that you got. It's super easy. It's so less communicated. You don't have to talk to anybody at all. Uh, what's great about having a submission group too is if you have a problem with something, you can reach out directly to the person that runs that group and they can reach out to their rep at PSA. Because if you ever try calling PSA on the phone, you're probably not getting through. You're going to have a hard time there. So definitely would suggest using someone with an online database. PC Sports Cards is another group that uh, I've heard has an online database as well. They're a great submission group. You can check them out on, uh, on the website and also on Instagram as well. Number nine. I talked about getting all these raw cards after opening up all these boxes here, but uh, not sending these cards to ComC. Okay, ComC stands for checkoutmycards.com. And what they do is they're a service where you send them all your raw cards, they scan them and they sell them for on their website and they sell them on eBay. It's super cheap. You're talking 35 cents to 50 cents to uh, scan it front and back of it. What I was doing is I was having my guys taking them over to the UPS store and they were scanning them and then we were selling them and doing it on eBay and all these places. It was just a nightmare. It's way too much work. I was so glad I found them. So for all the cards that you don't want to get graded, pack them all up, put them in, um, put them in penny sleeves. Okay, don't put them in top loaders. They'll charge you for that because I got to take them out of there. Just put them in penny sleeves, send them off to ComC, let them deal with it. They've got a nice little portal there. And all you have to do is go in and tell them what you want to sell for. It's so easy. Don't waste your time selling raw cards. It's a, a big a big hassle. Unless it's a big time card that you can get some good money for right now. All your little ones and twosies of those cards that are a dollar, send them off to ComC, let them deal with it. And last here, number 10, not using the PSA population report or even knowing what it was when I first got started, okay? The PSA population report is a report of all the cards that PSA has ever graded and what grade those cards got. So you can type in any card into the PSA population report. Let's take the Michael Jordan 1986 Fleer, card number 57, is popular rookie card, and you can see how many tens there have been, nines, eights, seven, etc. This is helpful in a couple of different ways. Number one, if you're looking to get a card uh, binding ungraded and getting it graded, having a, uh, a high chance of getting a PSA 10, so a high probability of doing that is a good shot of buying that card raw and getting it ready and getting a possible 10. Take that Jordan card, for example, it's a 5% chance of getting a PSA 10. So buying that card raw, ungraded, and getting it graded and getting a PSA 10 is very, very difficult. So it's helpful in that aspect. It's also helpful in that aspect when if you're looking to buy cards that are already graded. So let's say you are uh, looking at a particular card and the PSA 10s on those cards of the thousand that have been graded, there's only, uh, let's say, 100 that are PSA 10s, but there are, let's say, 100 PSA 9s, and then the rest are all 8s and whatnot. So you know buying that card, say, well, if I can only afford a PSA 9, I know that there's only 100 cards that are graded above mine that are better than mine. So it's help, helpful in determining which, um, which cards to buy also as far as what grade goes. And it's very, very helpful to know exactly how many of a particular grade are in that particular card so you can determine which one is the best purchase for you. So hopefully this helps you guys here kind of you know, get through this card world. It is absolutely crazy and insane. My biggest tip is, is yes, these 10 tips are going to really help you out, but take your time. If you don't understand something, don't buy it. Ask questions. Don't feel like a dummy. Again, you're not the only one that feels confused sometimes, and there's a lot of cards out there. So take your time, do your own research, and buy what's best for you. Thanks again, guys, for watching. Check out the website, powersportsmobility.com. Also, give me a follow over there on Instagram, at Powers Autographs, and I will see you on the next episode.